0: Well good morning everyone. I am honored to get to speak to y'all this morning. I'm so um, just excited and thankful to be here and I'm so thankful for this church and this summer and it's just been an awesome experience and so I just want to start off by saying thank you because this summer has been truly awesome. A little bit about myself. I played football for six years growing up. From seventh grade until I graduated, I played football and it was a great time. I loved football. I, I gained so many life lessons and, and just grew as a person. Um, I gained many friends, and I, I loved some of my coaches. So football was an awesome, awesome experience for me growing up. And if I have to choose a favorite season that I played, it would have to be my sophomore year. My sophomore season was just such an awesome time. We had a great team. We went far in the playoffs. The seniors that year were, were just good leaders, and so sophomore season, far and away, my favorite season that I played. However, the season started in a very interesting fashion. See, one of our starting senior wide receivers, he broke his hand on the last play of the first game. But, of course, it was easy to miss because it was the last play, game was over, and so I had absolutely no idea that this had happened. <clears throat> that following Monday was Labor Day, and so we had the day of school off, and, but we still had practice, but I was just really not feeling like going to practice. You see, I was scout team, I was second string wide receiver, I, I didn't feel like I had much worth to the team, and, you know, it was Labor Day, I had the day off. My family had just moved houses, so there was just a lot going on. So I figured, you know what, I'm just going to take the day off. So I text the coach. I was like, you know, hey, coach, uh, it's Labor Day. My family just moved houses. We got plans going on, so I'm not going to be at practice. Sorry about that. Send the text. Threw it on the bed. Figured it was over with. About five minutes later, I hear my phone buzzing, and I look And coach is calling me on my cell phone. Not a text back, he's calling me. So now, now, of course, my heart starts to race a little bit faster. My palms start to get sweaty. I get a little bit anxious. So I pick up the phone. I'm like, hey coach, what's up? And all he says to me is, Dylan, we need you to be at practice today. And I'm like, in my head I'm thinking, okay, something wrong, what's going on? So I ask him that. I'm like, coach, is everything okay? Like, I'll I'll be there, but but what's going on? And all he says to me is, you are now our starting wide receiver. You are starting this Friday. And my heart dropped. I was absolutely terrified. Because see, I'm a 15-year-old kid. I'm 120, 125 pounds, sopping wet on a good day, on a full stomach. I can't go and line up against guys two, three years older than me. There's grown men out on that field. <laughs> Dudes that are shaving. I can't go out there and play. I'm 15. I can't even drive yet. And there's adults out there on this, on this football field. And coach is asking me to line up against them. And I'm thinking that coach is Crazy. Because I can't do that. I'm not, I'm not that person. I can't, I can't do that. Coach can't expect me to line up against these guys. He's got to be crazy. So I started to doubt myself. And I feared that my limitations, I feared that my weaknesses would prevent the team from being able to do well. And I doubted my coach. I thought he was crazy. But above all else, I was scared. See, we do that in life. We fear that our limitations, that our weaknesses, will prevent God from working through us. We can all do it. All of us in here. Some of us may be going into middle school or high school. And I can tell you right now that God is calling you to be leaders in your schools. He's calling you to spread the gospel. I can tell you that. But it can be really easy to say, God, I can't do that. That's not me. I'm just a freshman. I can't spread the gospel in my school. Some of us are about to go on to college. And college is a great thing, but it also comes with new responsibilities and new temptations. And see, it can be real easy to join in on the drinking and the partying and all the crazy bad things that are going on. But God's calling you to be different. He's calling you to not be like the rest of the students at your school. And it can be real easy to say, you know, God, I'm just a college student, so I'm just going to enjoy this one. Some of us just get out of college and are about to start jobs and are, are about to start living in the real world. But that can be pretty intimidating. And God is calling you to be a leader in your workplace. But it can be really easy to say, God, I'm the new guy. I can't do that. Maybe some of us just got married. And it can be real easy to just be an okay spouse. But God's not calling you to just be okay. God's calling you to serve your spouse. But it can be real easy to say, no, God, I'm going to just take it easy. Or some of us have just become parents. And I know parenting is hard. I'm not a parent, but parenting is hard. And it can be real difficult and challenging and intimidating to raise a kid. When you're thinking, I have to raise this kid in Christ, but I'm so far from perfect, how can I even do that? Some of us, our kids are just about to start kindergarten or high school or our kids are about to start college. And that can be a whole different call that you're not ready for. Some of us, God is calling us to face our sin head on. But that can be really hard to do. But God's calling us to face that sin, but it's real easy to say, God, this sin has such a tight grip and hold on my life that I just can't let it go. Maybe God is calling some of y'all to go into the mission field, but you're absolutely terrified at the thought of that. And I know that God is calling every single one of us to be leaders in our communities, in our schools, in our workplaces, in the church. But it can be really, really easy to say, that's someone else's job. That's not not my job. Someone else can do that. Because the call that God is giving us is difficult. It's not easy. And we can fear that our limitations that are weaknesses, the things that we're bad at and the things that we're not good at, we fear that those will prevent God from working through us. If you would to turn to Judges chapter 6. Judges is the seventh book in your Old Testament. It's between Joshua and Ruth, and like Scott Meyer says all the time, it is okay to use the table of contents. That's what it's there for. Just to give you all some background information on what's going on in the story of the Bible thus far. We've been following the Israelites. And the Israelites are God's chosen people, descendants of Abraham, and we've been following on their journey. They were slaves in Egypt for 400 years. But God has now delivered them from that slavery through a miraculous series of events, through the ten plagues. God parted the Red Sea. And now, the Israelites are in their promised land. They're in Canaan's land. God's chosen land for God's chosen people. So you would think that all is right. However, there's a problem. See, the Israelites keep doing what is evil in the sight of the Lord. They keep worshiping false gods. They keep turning away from God. And so because they don't have God, because they're not focusing on him, and they, they're not, they don't have their source of strength because they're choosing other gods, the Israelites become weak. And so time and time again, they reject God, and then a neighboring nation comes in and just oppresses them and conquers them. So that's kind of the cycle that the Israelites are currently doing. But then they get in trouble, and so they call out for God, hey, we need help. So God sends them a warrior, a leader, to get them out of the current crisis that they're in. So now to set the specific scene on Judges chapter 6, is right now the Midianites have been oppressing the Israelites for the past seven years. And the Midianites are a cruel, brutal, violent nation who destroy crops and are just a scary, scary nation. See, the Israelites are hiding in mountains and in caves and in strongholds because they are so afraid of the Midianites. And that's where we open up on our hero, Gideon, whom we're going to be talking about today. Judges chapter 6, verse 11. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abizzarite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about? When they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us to the hand of Midian. And this is where I really want us to lock in here on these next three verses. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my entire family. But the Lord answered, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. See, we see in verse 14 that it was God who was sending Gideon. God knew exactly who Gideon was. God knew that he was just a farmer. God knew that Gideon was currently hiding from the Midianites. God knew that Gideon was the least in his family, and that family was the least in their entire tribe. God knew exactly who Gideon was. But God called Gideon exactly where he was at. That's one of the first things I want us to focus on is that God calls us where we are at. No matter what your situation, no matter what you're struggling with, no matter what season of life that you're in, every single one of us in here has a call from God right now because he's calling you where you are, exactly how you are. God calls you where you are at. But then we move on to verse 15 and we see that Gideon was doubting God. He was thinking, I can't do that, God. Do you know who I am? I can't lead the Israelites to defeat the Midianites. They're scary. And I'm the least in my family. And my family is the least in my tribe. I can't do this. Because Gideon feared that his limitations would prevent God from working through him. But then we move on to verse 16. And we see what the Lord says. He says, I will be with you. See, God doesn't just hand us a call and then say, all right, Dylan, you got it from there. I'm going to just kick back and let you do the work while I'm just going to sit here watching you, eating my popcorn. No, that's not what God does. God walks with us on the call. He gives us a call and then he moves with us and strengthens us through the call. And that's exactly what he did with Gideon. See, through a series of events, Gideon learns to trust God. And Gideon transforms from this farmer to a military leader. But God's not done with him yet. See, God wants to continue to show Gideon and continue to show us that God is going to walk with us through the call. So the current current Israelite army that Gideon is leading has about 32,000 men. That's a pretty good amount of men. That could probably take out an army. A good group of people. However, through some very specific and quite frankly odd qualifications, God takes those 32,000 men and he drops that army to 300 men. And I'm sure at this point, Gideon is now thinking, God, what are you doing? Are you serious? There's like 1% of my army left. are, Are you sure you got this? But Gideon doesn't. See, this time Gideon trusts God. Because Gideon knows that God is going to walk with him on the call. And so with those 300 men, at midnight, the Israelite army attacks the Midianites. And in the Midianites' confusion and disorientation, they wipe themselves out. They slaughter their own army. And the Israelites win. Because God was walking with them through the call. Because God was with Gideon. See, Gideon wasn't equipped for this whatsoever. Again, Gideon was hiding from the Midianites. Gideon was a grain farmer. He by no means had the qualifications to lead Israel to defeat the Midianites. But we see here that God doesn't call the equipped, God equips the called. Gideon had no idea what God was getting him into. Gideon did not have the background to lead Israel. Yet God transformed him and gave him the right men. And God turned Gideon from a farmer to a leader, who at the end of this whole battle, Israel wants to crown Gideon king. Little Gideon, least in his family, which that family is the least in the tribe. God transforms Gideon because God doesn't call the equipped, He equips the called. And God doesn't make mistakes. God knows exactly who he is calling when he's calling you. So don't focus on your limitations. Don't focus on your weaknesses. Don't focus on what you can't do because of your limitations. Instead, focus on what God can do through you if you just let him. Because we see that this is not only in the story of Gideon. God does this time and time and time again throughout the Bible. God calls ordinary, everyday, average people to accomplish his work. We see it in Joseph, who is a slave. We see it in Moses, who is not very good at public speaking. David was a shepherd. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was a peasant girl. Matthew was a tax collector, and he wrote one of the four Gospels. Peter was a fisherman. Paul murdered Christians, yet God had a specific call for every single one of those people, and all of those people did amazing things for God because they accepted the call. And God has a calling for you too. When you're in school, and God is calling you to be leaders, and God is calling you to spread the gospel, Don't think about how young you are. Don't think about what you can't do. Think about what God can do through you if you just let him and answer the call. When you're in college and temptations are rising and you don't think that you're strong enough to handle what's coming your way, don't focus on what you can't do. Focus on what God can do through you and answer the call. When you don't think that you can be a leader in your workplace because you're too young or you're too inexperienced, don't focus on what you can't do. Focus on what God can do and answer the call. In your households, when you don't think that you can handle your spouse another minute, don't focus on what God can do. Don't focus on what you can do. Focus on what God can do and answer the call. When parenting is getting hard and you don't think that you can keep going, don't focus on your limitations. Don't focus on your weaknesses. Focus on what God can do through you and answer the call. Whenever you're facing your addiction and you're facing your sin and you don't know how you can keep fighting, don't focus on how weak you are. Don't focus on all the other times that you've messed up. Focus on what God can do through you And answer the call. When you don't think that you can be a leader, you can. Don't focus on what you can't do. Focus on what God can do and answer the call. See, because quite frankly, it's not about what we can or can't do. It's about what God can do. Because this life that we're living, it's too unimportant to live it for just ourselves. We have to live it for a higher calling, a higher purpose. What God is calling to do is the way to live in full. That's what we hear from Jesus. And so, just imagine what all of us can do. Just imagine what our lives would look like if we answered the call. Imagine what God can do through us if we simply just let him. Imagine what this church could do if we would simply allow God to work through us. Imagine what God could do through us if we let him. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for this day that you've given us. Thank you for the chance that we can come here and worship you. I pray that we answer the call that you have placed on our lives. I pray that when we're faced with doubt, and with weakness, that we think about what you've done through Gideon, and we think about what you've done in the Bible, and what you can do through our lives. Help us to answer the call. Thank you so much for what you've done for us. Thank you so much for Jesus. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.